It's Hayward pulling it down, getting around Zubat at midcourt, launches the shot. Oh, and almost went in! Almost went in, and Duke is the king of the dance. It's time for the Shooter Shoot Basketball Podcast with your favorite Canadian, Kenneth Cotterman. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to the Shooter Shoot Pod, part of the Blue Collar Media Group. And I'm joined here today by a good friend of the show. He's the co-host of the Three Batter Minimum Podcast, and he's a local Cowboys homer, so I'm pretty excited to have this guy on the pod. Britton Gray, how are you doing today, buddy? I am surviving. I am enjoying my self-isolation, or social distancing. I don't have to self-isolate, so... Let's get that straight, but just playing video games a lot, video games and movies right now, because there's no sports on. I know, right? What are some of the video games you're playing right now? Uh, Well, I did get the new Animal Crossing game, and the Mortal Kombat Premium Pack was on super cheap, so I'm like, I can't not get this. <laughs> and yeah, otherwise, it's been those two games, and I'm always just looking for deals and stuff about some games maybe I haven't played yet. Maybe I'll have to get it. I haven't got NHL 20 yet. I could get that, but... That one might be in the cards. No, I just got MLB The Show, so I've been playing that quite a bit. And then, obviously, 2K always is is a favorite of mine. And, uh, obviously, we're not those people that get to do the full self-isolation, given our jobs. But, uh, you know, it has been pretty hectic around the COVID-19 worldwide. And just to kick things off, I mean, obviously, there's no basketball going on right now, but... You know, the NBA has suspended play as of a couple weeks ago, and it was, you know, Rudy Gobert was the first player who ran into uh, some issues. Obviously, touching microphones is very frowned upon. Uh, We know that now. And uh, other players have have gotten the COVID-19. Players like Donovan Mitchell, Marcus Smart, Kevin Durant has it as well. Do you think the NBA made the right call? Do you think that they did it too soon, too late? What was your thoughts overall on the situation? No, you know, at the time, I thought it was an overreaction at the time. But now looking back, we've seen what's gone on. I think it was the right move in the long run because as we've learned with this COVID-19 is that it's very uh, uh, infectious. It affects a lot of people. And so this was the right move. And it, it honestly, when the NBA canceled, that's when I knew everything was about to start happening. It was the first ball that kind of started everything rolling. But yeah, it was the right move. And but um, I was watching the sports shows. I was watching Undisputed with Skip and Shannon, and Skip Bayless kind of said it right. Was when the NBA canceled, people's sports bubbles kind of popped, and it was like, oh, like this is here. This is something we have to really start to take seriously. I don't think a lot of people maybe were following it, but it was that moment that it was like, oh, yeah, we have to start doing things. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand that. I mean, it was pretty crazy the night that it happened with the Rodrigo Bear stuff because I was I was seeing all over Twitter. It was like, oh, they just pulled players off the court, and it's like, oh, like maybe it was just like someone in the crowd or something. And then like 20 minutes later, it's like, no, Rudy Gobert has it, and it was like, 
oh, man, like, this is going to completely change everything. And you saw the dominoes fall. I mean, March Madness was cancelled. Uh, NHL was put on hold. MLB put on hold. I mean, everywhere is pretty much put on hold. And, I mean, yeah, I think it was the right call. I think we didn't really know at the time what to expect from it. But now looking back, I think it was a great decision by the NBA. Do you think they're even going to play this year? Because I, I seriously doubt that, given everything that's happened over the last number of weeks, that they're going to they're going to even have time in order to start the season back up again. I just, I don't see it, but there's a lot of unknowns. Like the best thing all of us can do is listen to our health professionals. They should be the ones giving you the best information. So I can't say for sure, because who knows what will happen, but it just doesn't seem like we'll get the rest of the season. It might be, uh, you might have time for kind of a playoffs, a shortened playoffs, or it's just, the top four seeds are the only ones playing, right, from each division there. Uh, that might make the most sense, or each uh, conference, sorry. But I just don't see how they fit in the rest of the season at this point. Yeah, I would think that even if they do decide to go with things, I would think the regular season is for sure done. I would think that they would be going with whoever made the playoffs. I figured they would, yeah, maybe shorten the first couple of rounds if need be. And, uh, I mean, obviously, it's fun to speculate now. I mean, obviously, this is a very serious issue that we're going through. But some of the hypotheticals that I've seen going around NBA Twitter lately, like, if they do go ahead with the season in a couple months' time, Kyrie and Kevin Durant might actually be healthy and ready to play in the playoffs. How crazy would that be to see an NBA playoffs with those two guys coming back into the fold? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, with a postponed playoffs, like we could have Kevin Durant playing the playoffs and wow. Yeah, no, that's a, that's an interesting hypothetical. Like, I, I mean, mean, I mean, that, what's crazy, I was looking at the NBA standings today. Obviously, I'm, I'm scrolling past postpone, postpone for everything, but you know, hypothetically, if it were to go, the Brooklyn Nets would play the Toronto Raptors the first playoff series. Like, how crazy is that to think that the defending champs could have had the Brooklyn Nets and then suddenly they get Kevin Durant and Kyrie? I thought it was a fun hypothetical. Obviously, I think they should wait it out. They need to make sure that everything is safe before they move forward. But I just thought that it was a funny hypothetical, like a what if. What if that were to actually happen? Do the Nets even have a coach right now? <laughs> I don't know they if they hired coach? anyone after. They they fired Atkinson and I, yeah. I mean Kyrie and Kevin Durant basically were the reasons why I think it's pretty well known that that's why he was let go, which seemed crazy to me at the time because it's like you know Brooklyn sitting in seventh without having their two best players like all year like doesn't that speak to how well they were being coached? But I guess that's the superstar mentality in the NBA. If they don't want him there, then he's gone, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, you have to wonder, like, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving have won championships before. Maybe they just thought that he's not a guy that can win them a championship. We've seen a lot of great head coaches just not be the guy to win a championship. So maybe that's it. We don't know. But uh, according to Wikipedia, it's uh, uh, Vaughn, Jack Vaughn, oh. the assistant coach, has was oh, the interim and will be serving as interim. So yeah, I I would assume that they'll be finding someone. Obviously, this is all depending on if they actually go. I have serious doubts that they're actually going to go, and yeah. I don't know how it actually works with the NBA either. Like if they decided to outright cancel, I know in the NHL it's the Stanley Cup goes to whoever has the most points. 
But I don't know if that's the case in the NBA, because if it were the case of best record, we'd have Milwaukee Bucks being the NBA champions, which is pretty crazy. But that would be I don't something. Know. Well, yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah, Giannis sitting on a title <laughs> that he didn't <laughs> even win. That would drive a completely different narrative of his career because then they would be like, oh, he never really won one like he got handed one. I don't know if that's the actual case of it, but I thought that it was it was pretty interesting to see uh, those sorts of things. But obviously the main thing that we're going to talk about today is is the NFL because it's the only thing that's really happening right now, not playing but all of the moves that are being made, and there's been some absolutely massive moves already. Today we're going to go through uh, the quarterbacks and running backs, and then we're also going to touch on our Dallas Cowboys, because how can you not? I mean, we never hear about them ever, so it figured it made sense to t- touch they on them. They get zero media attention. <laughs> they never get talked about, right? But <laughs> the big much. one, obviously, a free agency so far. Tom Brady signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What did you think when you heard that Tom Brady was going to be a part of the Bucks? I mean, sure. Like, I, <laughs> I, I can't get excited over it. I'm sorry. It's 43-year-old Tom Brady going to play for the Buccaneers. Like, I just – maybe I, I like Tom Brady. I think he's the greatest quarterback of all time. But he's 43 and had his worst statistical season last year. And yeah, he's got better weapons, but I just don't like he's in a whole new situation for the first time in his career. I'm not excited about this. Yeah, I mean, I do like the the fact that he's with Arians. At least he's with a coach who's like seen some success in the past. Uh, but yeah, it, it seems so weird to me. People were throwing out Tampa Bay, and I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like he's not going to Tampa. Like that seems bizarre. And then now suddenly he's going to be thrown to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin for a little bit. He might make O.J. Howard relevant again, which I thought was pretty interesting. But uh, do you think that Tampa has a legitimate shot to make the playoffs, given their division that they have? No, I don't, which is why I don't get why people are excited about this. I just... To me, Tom Brady was going to go to a place if he left New England that was one step away from title contention, not like three steps that I feel Tampa Bay is at. But I, I mean, I've been proven wrong before, but it just, I like, I, I don't know what to feel. Like, yeah, he's got better <laughs> weapons, but I feel like those weapons thrived because Jameis Winston was literally chucking for his life <laughs> and chucking the ball as far as he could downfield with zero fear. So well, he was also probably blind because he needed LASIK. So, I mean, yeah, exactly. it was literally a blind man throwing to them. No, I, I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, the Bucks still finished 7-9 and nine last year. Like, they're not a bad football team by any means. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know if Tom is necessarily what's going to take them to be. Probably 10-6 and six would be what they would need to get into the playoffs. They might squeak in at 9-7. and seven. But in a loaded NFC, like... The only thing that I find exciting about next year is the matchups that he's going to have because Tom gets to play Breeze twice. He's going to get Matt Ryan twice. They still have Mahomes on the schedule, cross-conference, and he gets Rodgers on the schedule. So, like, it seems like Tom's going to be in every primetime game all year just because of who he gets to play against. I mean, but yeah, I, it's going to be primetime for Tampa, but, like, I, ugh. <laughs> so you're you're not sold on Tampa is what you're saying. I I'm just not like I I think fantasy wise 
Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are going to take a step back because of Tom Brady being there, if I'm being honest, which is, like, ridiculous to think, but that's just how I feel about it. And, like, Tom Brady, we're going, we're going to see Tom Brady, who will play in a good division for the first time in his career. Yeah. Like, he, it's no longer the Jets and Dolphins you get a beat on. And I don't think that that gets pointed out enough, how poor that division has actually been over the last two decades. By far the worst in football, because two of those teams have always been terrible. They might have had the third team was always, you know, hovering around anywhere from seven and nine to like nine and seven. But I mean, it's it's just a terrible division that he was in. And yeah, even Carolina, like we're going to touch in a minute on the QB that they signed, but like Carolina, like they still have to go up against guys like McCaffrey and DJ Moore who could easily steal a game from them. Like they have the ability to do that. So I think it's a weird move. I don't know. I thought that Tom, I thought that he was going to end up with like the Colts or something. I thought that he was going somewhere like that, but which would have drove one of our good buddies nuts if Tom Brady would have played for the Indianapolis Colts. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see, but the Colts did sign Philip Rivers and his 17 children. So what are your thoughts on uh, Phil the Thrill going to Indy? I, I mean, I've always had a higher opinion of Philip Rivers than a lot of other people. I thought he's still been he, – he was a great quarterback. Now he's still better than good as a quarterback. So, I mean, I like it. I thought if Andrew Luck had played this year, I thought Indy could have been a Super Bowl contender. They were just a quarterback away, and so they went out and got a quarterback who I think maybe gets a bad rap because some people don't like his outbursts, as uh, we we always see. But, I mean, I like it. Clearly, San Diego wanted to move on. They must have thought that they were getting Tom Brady at some point to let Philip go like that. But, yeah, I, I like that move. I think Phil will thrive there. I love that you let the San Diego slip there. I know that they're LA uh, now. Yes. I, I, I still view them as San Diego as well, so I definitely get where you're coming from there. And I agree with you on the Andrew Luck thing, because when you look at the fact that they finished 7-9 and nine in a division with the Titans and Texans, like that division would have been theirs with Andrew Luck, for sure. And then you don't get this Tennessee run or anything like that. I just think that, yeah, Andrew Luck retiring obviously left a big hole, and I think Rivers is is the perfect guy for Indy because they do have a lot of good quality players there. They've got a good young defense. He's still got guys like T.Y. Hilton and Marlon Mack that he can work with, and I think that it's going to be a good situation for him. And then ultimately, if he doesn't get it done in a year or two, like taking them to the playoffs, they can always build through the draft. And Phil would be a, the perfect guy, almost do like an Eli Manning situation where you just you replace him once he's he's no good anymore, much like they did with Daniel Jones. And I don't know, I think it's a good move for the Colts. I really hope that they can take a step forward this year because I think that division is completely wide open, given everything that happened with the Texans. The Jags obviously have moved on from Foles, and so it's Minshew mania there. Like, I think this is going to be a fun division to watch. Do you think India has a shot at winning this division with Rivers? With Philip Rivers, I do, just because I don't know how uh, reliable Tennessee and just relying on Derrick Henry is going to be able to continue on. So I think that there's there's room there. But, yeah, I think they're the favorites right now in that division, in my opinion. 
Yeah, because I think the Texans are taking a step back for sure. I mean, we'll talk about this trade, I guess, since we're already on the topic of it. How shocked were you when you saw DeAndre Hopkins and David Johnson were swapping teams? I was shocked until I remembered that Bill O'Brien somehow failed into a promotion and became GM of that (laughs) franchise. And then I was no longer shocked by it. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's pretty fair. I mean... Arizona made out like bandits in this trade, I would think. I mean, I don't know how much David Johnson's got left, but they let the number one receiver, in my opinion, in the NFL go in DeAndre Hopkins. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, Top three. Now, number one, you can make like Michael Thomas, you can make an argument for. And then and Julio Jones is still very elite. But it was just like you couldn't get a first for DeAndre Hopkins. (laughs) Stephon Diggs got a first, and you couldn't get a first for DeAndre Hopkins. It was just, it made no sense. And then, I don't know if David Johnson has it left in him. It's just been a couple years now. And yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't see it. I don't know how he comes into that system. Like, obviously, Deshaun Watson is good, and... I mean, hopefully Will Fuller doesn't sustain another injury. Otherwise, he's going to have no one to throw to. But yeah, it's going to be a <laughs> it's going to be a fun division this year for sure. And that DeAndre Hopkins trade really put it over the top of like, man, it's completely up in the air what could happen there. Uh, we were talking about Carolina earlier, just quickly, but you know they signed Teddy Bridgewater, which I thought was a pretty interesting signing. What were your thoughts on that one, Britton? Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I think, uh, obviously Drew Brees was coming back. So Teddy felt like he didn't have a spot there and he wants to start. And I know some Saints fans were a little disappointed with how safe he was with the ball, not really checking it downfield, but he won you games. And I think Bridgewater has earned at least the right to start and Carolina gives him that opportunity. Yeah, no, I would agree with that for sure. I think Bridgewater, I think he's going to have a pretty solid year with the Panthers. Unfortunately, he's going to be in the division with Breeze, Ryan, and Brady, so it's going to be tough for him at least six games out of the year, and then who, depending who else they play. He does have a, a couple nice weapons there. Obviously, McCaffrey's the number one fantasy guy, but DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel had two pretty solid years last year. Uh, do you give the Panthers any shot at even going 500 this year? Oh, yeah, I think they can definitely go 500, just like you said. They do have some weapons. Christian McCaffrey might be the best receiving back by far, and he might be getting close to being the best all-around running back, at least heading into next year. So I, I think you give him an opportunity, but we'll see what happens. Obviously, that defense is going to have to uh, pick it up. Losing uh, Luke Kukli to uh, retirement is going to hurt. So I could see them finishing... Seven and nine, eight and eight, right around the five hundred mark. Yeah, they were five and eleven last year. Um, Kyle Allen obviously will be a serviceable backup for them, I would think. But yeah, I would agree. I think they're going to be closer to six and ten, maybe. But yeah, they do have a shot at maybe going eight and eight. They're definitely not winning the division, given all the guys that we talked about earlier. But one team that should make their division interesting is going to be the Chicago Bears because they traded for Nick Foles. What's your thoughts on a uh, big Nick? I mean, finally, someone in Chicago realized that probably Mitch Trubisky isn't going to be <laughs> the the answer there. I mean, Nick Foles has always been an enigma in the fact that it seems outside of 
uh, Philadelphia, he just can't get any uh, groove going. We've seen it before. So I don't know what to think about Nick Foles. I think he's an improvement. I think he'll help, but I think there's still more issues on that team. Yeah, I mean, Chicago last year, they finished 8-8, eight and eight, so they weren't a bad football team by any means. They just missed out on miss, making the playoffs. And given the Vikings, as you said, moved on from Stephon Diggs, and they also moved on from guys like Rhodes, I think Chicago's got a real shot at possibly snaking a wild card spot from somebody. Do you think that's crazy, or do you think that it's definitely feasible? I mean, I guess in the realm of possibility, it's there, but I just, I don't see it. I think there's too many other great teams out there, and I don't think that, I think they're on the verge of being great, but they're not great yet, and I'm also maybe not as big a believer in Nick Foles as some other people might be. (laughs) That's fair, even though we had to watch those stupid Philadelphia Eagles win a Super Bowl with them, we're definitely not believers in them, but (laughs) one thing... Is it this year that the NFL introduces the additional playoff spot, or is it the following year? I believe it's this year. It goes right into it, the new CBA. Okay. So the reason why I was thinking that it was feasible, obviously the entire NFC West is probably in it. Like, they've got four solid teams there. You've got a few in the South. The NFC least, we're probably going to have one team just because that's just how it typically goes. So I think (laughs) Chicago does have an outside shot at it. I think it's feasible. Like, Foles, the one thing about Chicago is that he definitely has weapons there. I mean, Allen Robinson, Tariq Cohen, David Montgomery, they've got like eight tight ends on the roster for whatever reason. But, yeah, I think I think he does he, – that's the most ideal situation for him because there was no way that he was going to stay in Jacksonville and be productive, not with Minshew on his back, I didn't think. so. You It'll forgot about Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller's oh, there, I did and he's going to take a step Anthony forward. <laughs> Elite <laughs> Anthony Miller. Yeah, no, and then uh, the last QB I wanted to touch on, it's not a signing as much as it's a detraction, but Joe Flacco is no longer with the Denver Broncos. Who would have thought that big money Joe was just not going to figure it out with the Denver Broncos? What do you give the Broncos uh, this year as far as a playoff shot goes? Because Drew Locke looked really good down the stretch last year. The Denver Broncos would be my pick for most improved team. After all these signings, I think the Broncos can not only... They won't win the division just because Kansas City will win that division, but they will be a wild card team this year. That is, I'm almost guaranteeing that. You're almost guaranteeing it. Wow. If there's one thing that I know about Britton Gray, it's that he's full of hot takes. No, no, I don't think that that's actually that big of a hot take given the signings that they've made. I think the only thing that they really need to address is maybe getting a guy to pair alongside Cortland Sutton. But this year's draft is definitely filled with quality wide receivers. So I think that's definitely possible. Fant looked really good down the stretch last year. And then you throw in the running back trio that they've gotten. No, I would agree, because their defense is solid. They just needed a QB at the helm that could really help them out. And I think if Drew Locke takes that step, then then he could be that guy. Do you think Flacco's going to end up a backup somewhere, or do you think he's toast? I think that depends on what Joe Flacco wants to do. If he wants to be a starter, it's not happening unless an injury happens. So if he's willing to take a backup role to continue making some money, he absolutely has a spot. There's As we saw last year... There's some bad backups out there, <laughs> and there always will be. 
<laughs> so there's I, some really bad backups, that's for sure. I think that there's definitely an opportunity for him to play somewhere if he wants as a backup because he, he has that Super Bowl ring, and people love to see Super Bowl rings. That's true. At least they could use him as like some sort of display. You know, pay a million dollars just to stand there and show off his ring to the fans. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, so that's all the QBs. Uh, next, we're going to go into the the major running back signings. The big one I think that a lot of people didn't expect was the Todd Gurley to Atlanta. I I I I shouldn't say I'm shocked because obviously it was well known that Gurley has had some issues with his knees. The Rams have been cutting their players like crazy. And so uh, to see him end up in Atlanta, given that they had moved on from Devonta Freeman, what are your thoughts on Gurley going to Atlanta? Well, I was a little shocked that he was let go from L.A. just because they just gave him that big contract was two, three years ago now. And to just kind of cut ties, a little shocking there. But I Atlanta was interesting because we had heard reports that they were wanting to move on from Devonta Freeman. And then when they finally did, it didn't even click in my mind that that could be a girly landing spot. I kind of thought he was going to join Tom in Tampa Bay somehow, <laughs> some way. But, I mean, it makes sense. They obviously feel that they have a team that's built to win now by keeping uh, Dan Quinn there after last season. They must have thought it was more of an aberration than of uh, an actual a sign of what they are. So, I mean, it makes sense. I hope Todd Gurley stays healthy. The league is better when he's healthy and he's fun to watch, but uh it'll be interesting. Him and Matt Ryan could do some damage, absolutely. Yeah, like if they get Gurley at 100%, then I mean that turns into like a top five offense pretty quickly because when you've got Ridley and Julio, I know they moved on from Hooper, but they brought in Hurst, and then you've got Matt Ryan as well. That's, that's a pretty solid core offensively, so... Yeah, it all depends on Gurley's knees. I mean, if he's if he's fine and he's able to play a 16 game schedule, I don't think he's ever going to return to being like like a you know like a Zeke where he's getting 25, 30 carries in a game. But if he could even give you 15 to 20, I think that would be a huge game changer for Atlanta. That's that's just going to be a division that I'm going to love to watch all year. There's so many fun storylines there that I think that's one of the divisions to watch. And then, yeah, Denver, you talked about their signings, and one of them was Melvin Gordon, which I didn't even remotely think that Denver needed a running back, but apparently they did. And so they went out and got Melvin Gordon. How do you think he fits in with Lindsey and Freeman there? Well, I think that Melvin Gordon's your bell cow, and Philip Lindsey is like the uh, Austin Eckler. I think Royce Freeman's the odd man out here. I don't see how... You stick with him after bringing in Melvin Gordon because you brought Melvin Gordon in because you weren't happy with what he was doing. You weren't happy with what Royce was doing. So I could see Royce, uh, whenever his contract's up, I don't think, I think he has another year on it at least, but moving on. So, but I mean, Melvin Gordon's a bell cow and when he's healthy, he can t- do it all. Yeah, he really can. I mean, when he was a part of that Chargers team for a number of years, I mean, he, he was one of the best running backs in all the football. I, I didn't really pay attention to him that much last year. Did he start to improve down the stretch? I know that he only played a number of games last year, but how did he look last year as a running back? There were flashes that he could return to his form, which is one of the best running backs in the league. They said sitting out and everything, you kind of 
And then he didn't have a lot of great games, but he showed flashes. And I think he had one or two games where he did go off on. But I think with a full off season and knowing where he's at and coming in for training camp, we'll see the Melvin Gordon of old. That's fair. Yeah, I really like I really like Philip Lindsay. I mean, I have to say that I own him in a dynasty league, so it was pretty crushing to read that they're bringing in Melvin Gordon because I'm very low at the running back position there. But no, I think it's going to be it's going to be an interesting situation for him. I think he I do think that he'll end up being the bell cow. I hope that they figure out a way to work him and Lindsay both into the offense, because I think that could be a game changer for Denver. And then the last one, this is more of a veteran signing, but Jordan Howard went to Miami, the Miami Dolphins. I, (laughs) you know, their leading rusher last year was Ryan Fitzpatrick. And so they definitely (laughs) needed running back help. Do you think Jordan Howard's going to be able to return to being fancy relevant this year? I could not care less about this signing. <laughs> he is, it's stay away from Miami Dolphins. Don't let Devontae Parker going off at the end of last season give you any hope that you should pick any sort of Miami player in any sort of fantasy league again. You're not it's, picking any, any Miami player. I mean, if I'm being honest, I'm probably going to uh, take Devontae Parker because I always get Devontae <laughs> Parker. And so I need, just need to stick with it. But it's just, that team's going to be bad. They might be the best shot at someone other than the Patriots getting Trevor Lawrence in the draft. Yeah. So, <laughs> that like, that O-line is trash. <laughs> they really need to fix that before I can get excited about Jordan Howard. <laughs> no, I, I had to throw that one in there. I the thing was, I thought Jordan Howard was a lot older than he was because I know that he said some injury troubles, and then I realized he's only 25, and I'm like, oh, that's not good if you're 25 and you're already in Miami because, like, Miami's the place where running backs go to die. Like, Arian Foster <laughs> went there, and that was kind of the end of the row for him, and, yeah, I think I would draft Jordan Howard in a later round in fantasy just strictly based off of needing running back depth and maybe he's the number one in Miami but yeah I don't think that he's gonna have an incredible year he only had like 500 yards last year in Philly but obviously Miles Sanders kind of took that backfield so I think it was a good move for him because he was definitely not going to be the guy in Philly so at least it's a good move for his career but we're going to finish things off we're going to touch on the Dallas Cowboys you know the the Kings of going 8-8, eight and eight, that just seems to be their M.O. And uh, last year, oh, look, they went 8-8 eight and eight and lost the division <laughs> to the Eagles by one game. Uh, obviously, that's always tough to hear. But what are your thoughts on Dallas this offseason? Obviously, they've brought in McCarthy. Uh, they franchise tagged Dak. They re-signed Amari. They brought in HaHa Clinton Dix as a safety what do you think Dallas needs in order to really solidify themselves as the best team in the NFC East? I think with the loss of Byron Jones, you need to go out and draft a cornerback or sign a top one, just because that's going to be the biggest hole now. Safety was the biggest hole, but haha, Clinton Dix will slide in there. So I like that. But they still haven't accomplished the biggest thing on the to-do list, Kenny. They still haven't done it. Well, what's the biggest one on the to-do list? Pay Dak Prescott already. <laughs> Four-year deal. 
35 million a year. Just that's where, that's where it needs to be. That's the biggest thing they have to accomplish. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I didn't like them franchise tagging Dak. I thought that they would be better doing the complete opposite where they franchise tag Amari, see how his year goes, and then you pay him. Cause like Dak's their quarterback moving forward. And if they don't think that he is, well, then they got to figure out quickly what they're going to do to replace him. Cause I, I just think for a guy that young to have already won playoff games, I think that's really important. And, uh, yeah, I really, I don't know. I think that it's weird that they haven't paid Dak yet. Why do you think they're holding out so long to pay him? I honestly couldn't tell you anymore. It's just, <laughs> it's literally, you're telling us he's the quarterback. You're telling fans he's your quarterback, but you don't want to pay him like he's your quarterback. So then you clearly don't have faith in him, but then you go out and franchise tag him. So you can't even go after another quarterback. It it just doesn't make sense. You're going to pay this guy. Last I had heard was maybe they had offered about 33 million and Dak wanted 35. And it's like, just give him the extra 2 million a year. Yeah. I, I don't know. It seems like they're really nickel and diming Dak, which I mean, the, my worry is that, Maybe he goes out, they don't necessarily win the Super Bowl, but they win a couple playoff games or something, maybe go to the NFC Championship game, and then Dak comes back and says, I want 40. And then what do you do? Because now you're sitting there like, like you have to pay him that, because are you going to let him walk after winning a couple playoff games? Or is he Jerry really thinking, okay, he's not going to have an incredible year, so I can come back to the table with the same offer and he'll take it? Like, I don't know. It it just seems bizarre to me. I don't understand why they're not paying him. No, it's, uh, it's, it's weird. Very weird. Yeah. I don't know. I think I agree with you on the corner thing. I wish that they didn't let Byron Jones go, but I mean, it is what it is. They got to move forward with it. Did you like the McCarthy signing as the coach or no? I wasn't overly excited about it now that it's been a few days. I guess weeks even since that happened, I'm a little more on board with it, but he was just, he never struck me as a over creative play caller. And it was just like Jason Garrett. It's just not creative enough. I don't think, but I could be proven wrong. He apparently spent the entire last, last year with pro football focus to learn about what he was doing wrong. So there's, there's hope. Yeah. I do think McCarthy, yeah, it wasn't the flashiest signing. I was kind of glad that they didn't go the college route. I think if they were a team that was going, like, full rebuild, then I would be way more sold on, like, a Lincoln Riley or something. But I think that he's going to be a fine coach. Uh, I think Dallas is going to have an overall solid year. If you had to put in your Dallas Cowboys prediction for the season right now, given what the team looks like currently, where would you have Dallas finishing this coming season? They are going to finish at would it be eleven and 11 six and now? Because the oh eleven and six, right? They're because the extra game. game, so eleven and six or twelve and five, and they will win the NFC East. Are they going to win a playoff game? They're going to make the NFC Championship. Wow. NFC Championship. Is this a little bit of your Dallas Cowboys homerism coming out, or do you have s- some reasoning to back up your thoughts on them going to the NFC Championship? Why would 
any Cowboys fan have any sense of homerism, Danny? Do you think we're just homers all the time? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do think that I, uh, homers, I, and we I'm all just, buy into it every year. We do buy into it. I'm just ho- holding out hope that last year, record-wise and defensive-wise, was more of an aberration than what it actually is. I think the defense comes back. Like, Randy Gregory might be back, which will help. We got some interior defensive line help. I think that the defense can return to what they were, and I think the offense will continue to make strides. So I just I think that last year was an aberration more than anything. I think that we really missed Van Der Esch last year because he didn't play very much, and he was really showing flashes in his first year of being a really good running er, linebacker. So I think it'll be interesting where Dallas finishes. I'm not going to go to the 12 and 5 route. I do think that they're going to be either 10 and 7 or 11 and 6. I think they win a playoff game. I just don't think that they go any further than that. I I just I'm trying to be the realistic Cowboys fan, but like there's really no such thing cuz we're all homers and like I say this now, <laughs> but then it's going to be if the NFL season is a go in September, I'm going to be right there with you saying that we're going to the Super Bowl. So <laughs> I mean it, it'll definitely be interesting to see. I'm really looking forward hopefully to the NFL season given everything that's going on right now, but Britton, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, you can find Britton at, well, he's a part of Three Batter Minimum, so you can find them at Three Batter Minimum on Twitter. And uh, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, just just a little preview, Three Batter Minimum. My pick for the number one fantasy player this year is Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper for number Bryce one fantasy Harper. player. Yeah, That'll be interesting. I mean, we'll see if we actually have an MLB season. But uh, if yeah. we do, then I'll keep it in mind. <laughs> thanks for coming on, Britton. So, thank you.